Take a deep breath and remember there's a power breathing you. This is your space of sanity in an evolving world where we learn about spiritual law and how to apply it to our lives in a way that is practical and life-changing. This is where we remember truth to make the world a better place one person at a time. I'm Claire Lotier, inspirational speaker, teacher of the technology of transformation, and a certified life mastery consultant and spiritual coach. Welcome to the Grace Space. Today in the Grace Space, I'd like to introduce you to a friend of mine, Kundalini Yoga teacher and author of two books, Lily Barbericoulon worked in the fashion and beauty industry for 15 years before she completely transformed her life in 2016. She's the former beauty editor at French Vogue. She was a journalist at M, the magazine of Le Monde, and she started her career at Colette, a concept store in Paris, where she was part of the PR team. Now she's fully dedicated to sharing the tools that changed her life. She teaches online. She has a blog for 10 years now, lilybarbary.com, and she's currently writing a new book, which is due to be published in the second half of 2021. Lily and I met at the Spiritual Ashram and School in France that you may have heard me speak of if you listen to this podcast. And I've invited her here to share with you her journey to self-love the story of which has positively impacted and inspired thousands of women in France and throughout the world because she tells it with such authenticity, compassion, and genuine caring for others. I know you're going to love meeting her. Welcome, Lily. I am so, so happy to have you here, my friend. Now, Lily, you were, among many other things, the beauty editor at Le Monde magazine for a period of time. So you were really in the beating heart of the world of fashion and beauty in Paris. I know that this must have given you a particular and unique perspective, not only on that industry and the perception of women through that lens, but on your own sense of what beauty is in your personal journey to a greater and deeper self-love. Would you share with us how you moved from an external perception and appreciation of beauty to an internal one? Well, for a very, for a very long time, I thought that um, everything happened by chance to me. And uh, because I didn't really choose to work in the beauty industry, um, I started uh, working in the beauty business just because um, uh, I... I mean, everything just felt by chance. It's not that I've always dreamt of uh, working in perfume and writing about perfume when I was a, a, be a beauty journalist. Um, I didn't even want to write as a journalist. This is not something that I had planned. Um, I started this business because um, uh, I was looking for a part-time job And uh, when I was in my 20s, I had finished um, um, a sort of master's of English literature, and I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. And this was a, 
a quest that really made me feel awkward and upset, not knowing what I wanted to do. And um, I could feel that most of the people around me, they knew exactly what they wanted to do, but I felt really um, on, on the side. And um, so I, I tried very different things. Um, I didn't want to become a teacher. I didn't want to become a translator. Um, so, and, and these were the two main options after uh, uh, studying English literature and English lit history. Um, so um, I, I had to find a job because I was also studying uh, singing um, and uh, jazz singing. And I, I loved this, but um, it felt that I didn't have the right voice. I, I thought like I could never become a singer because I'm not good enough. And that, that type of belief system that I had in me that was really strong. I have to be the perfect singer if I want to sing. So as I'm not Ella Fitzgerald, I'm just not going to bother trying. And um, so I needed to find a part-time job. And um, totally by chance, I went to a store um, that was called um, Colette in Paris. And it was a, a beauty fashion store that was very famous, but it had just started. It was in the 90s and it was just open. And um, a friend of mine who uh, had worked at the Gap store when I was a student uh, told me, oh my God, like you're here, how come? And it, it really wasn't my area. I mean, I was not that fashionable girl who knows uh, what is Prada or uh, who is the cool photographer of the time. And he said to me, um, she's hiring and she's paying good money. So do you want me to introduce you to the boss? And I said, uh, well, why not? But maybe I'm not like, you know, well dressed enough. I, I just had a white T-shirt and a pair of jeans and everyone looked so fancy. So I kept on comparing myself. But she hired me on the spot because uh, she liked the guy. And she trusted him. So she she thought if he has a good work ethic and if he tells me that this girl works well, then it's fine for me. I don't need more about her. And the funny thing is that at that time, well, my name had always been Lisa and, um, and there was another Lisa in the store. So she said, maybe do you have a nickname or something? And she started me, she started calling me Lily. Uh, and this is how I became Lily all of a sudden. So, um, and this, led me to a whole new world of discoveries of um, beauty brands, fashion brands. And because I, I didn't come from that area, um, I wasn't born in Paris. I wasn't born in the luxurious areas. I was more, um, I was really the next door girl uh, coming to Paris. And uh, I was kind of fascinated by these brands, um, what the, the, what their promise was for me, a promise of maybe success, a promise of uh, becoming enough, becoming more. And um, so I kept on seeking for solutions outside of me. I had never heard of spirituality at the time. Um, I thought that people who meditated were very weird. Uh, and I tried yoga because even at the beginning of 2000s, um, I had already some friends who were doing yoga and so they took me with them and, and I was, um, I wish I had been like them, but I mean, I couldn't, you know, I, it was just, uh, I didn't feel uh, at that time flexible enough or so again, you see in the story that I'm telling you, it was more about comparing myself all the time 
and trying to fit in a society and trying to feel good enough, not by myself, not by the talents that I had, but trying to run after something. I didn't even know what it was. So I ran and I ran very fast and I managed to get the things that I thought would make me feel good. So um, I got the great job. Um, after a few years, I managed to become journalist at French Vogue. And I could see that anytime I was saying, like, I'm working for French Vogue, people would go, wow, it's amazing. Like, you know, you have the dream job. Like, this is it. You're there. Like, you know. And um, I felt terrible because I kept on feeling empty because I hadn't filled that space um, inside of me that had nothing to do with what I was doing. Uh, but I did not understand. So I got the, the great job. I met an amazing person who's still my husband. We've been together almost 20 years together. And I've been very lucky to find this person in my life because he, he could see from the very beginning that I was seeking something outside of me that I already had. And, and uh, but, but uh, I wasn't able at that time to have the consciousness to listen to him. So anyway, I got really into beauty and I kept uh, on the beginning of uh, your interview saying by chance, by chance, but of course this doesn't exist. Mm. Everything was or orchestrated in a way and, and planned in a way that I was pushed in the direction that I am in right now. Yes. So I was on my mission, even when I was working in fashion, even when I was working in, in beauty, Uh, people could think, oh, this is not spiritual. You can be spiritual anywhere you go. Yes. And I would love to just uh, interject here as I'm listening to you. I'm thinking, first of all, how meaningful your story is to so many people who listen to this podcast, um, because the the overall sensation or feeling that I receive when I listen to you is that we are always guided. We can never be off track. That's just a perception. We're so loved. We're so uh, carried in this life, even when we don't notice it, uh, that we are, if, if we're in any way open, we're, we're Put it, we're being put onto a track that is helpful. And, and actually, we can make the most of any situation. We can make an opportunity of anything that happens to us. And even when we don't yet have the maturity of spiritual consciousness that we are going to develop, we still somehow manage to, you know, through the back door, get where we need to go. Absolutely. And, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this is very obvious in, in your story. And, and also uh, the people that I met uh, during this period of time that lasts uh, almost 15 years, um, they, it was packed of angels. Uh, there were so many angels on my road um, and it was really paved with gold like all the time. And uh, I, I felt so lucky. And when I look back, I'm always amazed with the amount of people, artists, Uh, that just helped me become who I am today. Um, if I hadn't been in that fashion industry, there's so many things that I would not have known now, uh, like um, knowing how to work with social networking, communicating, um, and even the way I'm organizing myself uh, today, like, you know, um, being able to put some priorities on some, some things so that I can, I can create a, a, a yoga class and at the same time write on the book. These are things that I learned uh, when I was still in a job that I didn't like. 
So right. I've been trained and um, you can never go out of your orbit. It's always yes. there. Like everything is there for you. And there's one point you become grateful for it, but it needs a time for you to understand that um, at that time it was just perfect the way it was. So yes. of course uh, I had to get out of my uh, discomfort and I had to realize that what I was seeking after was not what I thought it was. Because I came to a point where I had everything, the job, the flat. I bought a flat in Paris and it had been a, a, a dream to, to have something of mine and um, to feel safe also, to, to have the feeling, okay, I, I um, borrowed money from the bank. Uh, and, you know, in France, uh, you need to have a good salary to do this and to have a reliable, reliable salary. And I thought... Okay, I cannot go freelance if I don't if I don't borrow money first. So I I, I wanted to do this first. Uh, this was one of my plans, and then I could be free. And um, when I realized that um, uh, the plan uh, was perfect, but I still didn't feel good, um, the attacks happened in Paris. Uh, so this was in 2015, and um, so we had uh, two periods of attacks. One in January um, that targeted a newspaper, um, and I was a journalist at the time. And then I, I was then working for M, the magazine of Le Monde, and uh, and then there was a, a second wave of attacks uh, in November uh, that targeted people who went to a concert and people who were on terraces in, in bars uh, in Paris, and um, this really shook me um, as if. It was like such an alarm in my body. Um, I had a lot of pain problems and all of a sudden started having a, like I fainted. I used to faint at, at work without any reason, without understanding why. Uh, all my energy system was not uh, in harmony anymore. And I kept on going and seeing uh, a lot of different uh, gurus in their areas, like uh, people who can read through your eyes or people who can, you know, do whatever they want with their crystals. But nothing worked because I had to come to a point when I needed to make a big change in my life. And um, I was so scared of making any change because I thought I was going to lose everything and um, my relation to my body became so um, um, difficult. I had gained a lot of weight. I hated myself uh, physically that I had to, to make a change at that time um, so that I would actually get back to loving me, at least to loving my body. Right. And you wrote a book about that. That was released a couple of years ago. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I wrote a book um, that was published, yes, uh, in 2019, so almost two years ago. And the idea was to, um, to, to write not about how I changed my body, because uh, I think that it's not a question of how you're going to change so that you um, look like women who are not like you. Uh, this is really not my intention. Uh, my goal was really to share a story where... Um, I looked like the girl who had succeeded in every kind of field um, with the expectations of what uh, you you think now, uh, what is the, the outside program of success. Well, I could check the boxes, 
But uh, despite the fact that I could check the boxes, I still wasn't happy and I still felt empty. And um, I wasn't ready to question all the fields in my life, but I was so sick of hating my body like all the time, whether I was uh, losing weight or gaining weight, I was never happy with it. And I could really look at myself and think, oh, I look disgusting here and I don't like that. And I think that apart from my face, I hated every part of my body. Maybe I loved my ears, but that was, that was the only part in my body that I actually gave love to. And um, and so um, there's, there's a series of... Uh, of awakenings that happened during that year. Uh, the first thing is that I had created a blog and I shared my story telling people this true story saying, I'm, I'm not feeling good and I hate my body. And I've tried so, so many different diets and that I don't want to go on a, another diet. And I don't think that losing weight is the only uh, thing at stake behind this hatred. Um, but I, I just want to be true because I cannot uh, fake anymore uh, smiling on Instagram and pretending everything is okay because it's not. So this mm. is the first step that I made, like telling the truth, a bit like an alcoholic who actually tells his friend, I think I have a problem. Um, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm ready to go in rehab, but at least I can tell you that I have a drinking problem. So it was, it was a bit like this, like... Uh, I, I didn't have a, an eating disorder anymore because I had passed through this in my 20s. Uh, it was more like, how, how can I love uh, this vehicle that I have that I'm navigating in and, and I don't know what to do with this? And um, I thought that I only needed to love my brain and that would be enough um, and that it was a good thing not to think that I was beautiful. I was educated with this idea that women who feel they're beautiful, they're kind of silly or they're stupid. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that you should be proud of to feel beautiful about yourself. And so I had to deconstruct all of this um, and to rebuild something that felt good for me. Yes. And, uh, and so I this is the story that I told. Yes. I just want to interject again there because those who listen to this podcast regularly are studying spiritual law and and what you've just said is so powerful. This is really everybody the deconstruction of a paradigm, a paradigm of beliefs, right? And so Lily was just saying that she grew up with a, a certain belief about what it was to be beautiful, what it was to be a woman, all of that and she started to become aware of her limiting beliefs and and actually reprogram her mind um through openness and vulnerability and and uh, letting go of shame and all of the things that we we talk about on this podcast. So thank you so much for that, Lily. Please continue. Now, when did Kundalini Yoga come into the picture? Well, um, during that year, uh, from the moment I wrote uh, a, a blog post saying I'm not feeling good and I don't have a solution to offer you. I'm just, just telling you the truth. Uh, I think this is, um, it was really a prayer I send that prayer without knowing it to the universe and saying, I need some help. I don't know what the help will look like, but I do need some help. And, I, and I'm ready to be true and I'm ready to be vulnerable and I'm ready to be shameless. Um, and it took me a lot of courage to publish it because I thought that everyone was going to judge me. And there was a lot of judgment, especially in the field of uh, the 
the press I was working and in the beauty industry that looked at uh, this uh, article uh, and that was not aware that I was going through so much pain. But at the same time, there were so many reactions of women uh, that felt the same and even from men that I thought, okay, I have a responsibility now to keep this conversation going. Um, I opened something, I opened the door and I cannot shut it now. So um, when you ask for help, you do receive it because it was asked for from a place of, of truth and innocence. I wasn't planning on getting something back from this. Uh, there was no expectation back. And th I just kept on receiving so many surprises from it, like all the support from women who told me, I share the same pain with you and I don't have any solution to offer you but I love you so much the way you are. It's just, um, uh, it's such a pity to hear something. I can hear my own voice hating my body and maybe we can support each other to change this because this can no longer be. So um, I kept on receiving help, but of course it wasn't the way it, it, it had um, been, uh, I could not have imagined something like this. So um, first thing, uh, I met a man who was a chef and uh, who told me about his own personal story. And he, this is a guy who got beaten up when he was 20, the year of my birth. And um, he had to stop working for about three years um, to be in hospital and um, and he told me his story without complaining about it. And he said to me, you know what? I think that this was the big chance of my life. Hmm. And this, uh, this just uh, it opened such a window uh, in my heart that had been locked for ages because I was so attached to my own personal um, sufferings. Um, I was so attached to my personal story with my parents and thinking, oh, I can never let go of this because if I let go of this, then I don't know who I am. And this man, instead of complaining, told me, you know what? This was my big chance. This was my luck. This was how lucky I was to got beaten up by, by five guys and who put me in hospital for three years. And it totally changed my perspective. It really changed my the, the way I, I started seeing at me complaining, even with my body, I thought, oh, my God, I can walk, I can dance, I can make love, I can hold my child in my arms. I'm so lucky. I And I'm, I've never said thank you to my body. So I'm just going to start being grateful for just having a body that wasn't sick. I, I didn't have cancer and I really treated that body very bad. So I had been so blessed uh, with making all these food experiences, gaining weight, losing weight, and not becoming sick for this, not being punished for this. So I thought, wow, I'm just going to start being grateful and I'm just going to treat it well. And then I was looking for something um, like a workout to do, but I didn't know what it would be because I've never been really any into sports or working out. I've tried a lot of things that I gave up very easily. And a friend of mine kept telling me, you should do Kundalini yoga. It's amazing. And I was like, uh, well, yoga is not for me. And also she kept on saying, but my teacher, she's amazing. She chants mantras and she wears white and she's got a, a turban on her head. And I was like, oh my God, this is a cult. I'm never going. 
<laughs> and she insisted again and again and again. And she kept on telling me to come through like six months. And to be polite, I ended up saying, okay, okay, let's go for it. Like, you know, at least um, if it's not good, I can make a funny post on Instagram or, you know, I can do something funny out of it. And actually it caught me. I mean, immediately. The first class was like, uh, blew my mind. Uh, I did not think for one hour and a half. It was the first time in, I don't know how long, that I did not think because I had so much to focus on, um, bringing my eyes uh, on the focus on the third eye, um, the moves that were really new that my back had, hadn't done ever, um, uh, like uh, moving my navel forward and backwards and the music and chanting the mantras and everything. It was just like, wow, where am I? And so when I came out uh, from that class, I was still a journalist at that time. And I thought, I need to understand what happened to me. So I was really interested in neurosciences. I was really interested in, um, in the chemicals of the body and uh, hormones. And, and so I went back to understand out of curiosity. And then I got caught up again. Uh, because uh, it was so good. It was like, wow, I want to feel that way all the time. And so this is how I actually ended up absolutely adoring my body um, because it could do stuff that I not, never thought it could actually do and getting flexible and my the pain in my back absolutely disappeared after, I'd say, two months of practicing. I, I, I immediately practiced a lot like three to four times a week. Plus I was doing a lot of things on my own, uh, just repeating what I had learned uh, on a daily basis. Um, so um, yes, I mean, it changed me um, just as if I went on, um, how do you call uh, the planes that go to the space, on a spaceship? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm laughing too, because I'm remembering my own journey with Kundalini Yoga and how I became a teacher and all of that was not my intention. You know, it's just that I discovered this yoga as well. And I had very similar awakening experience to my own body and to the amazing capacity for peace and uh, absorption that that my being had. And I had never experienced that outside of a, of a class like that. So it became super important to me too. And then I ended up becoming a teacher and then training teachers and, you know, uh, my involvement went to a very deep level and, and everybody, that's how Lily and I met actually the, the way that we came to know each other was through a meeting at uh, Amrit Nam Sarvar at Le Martinet in France, which is the, uh, the ashram of uh, Karta Sachivrachi, who is uh, the spiritual teacher that I often speak of in these podcasts. Yeah, and uh, I, I was like you. I didn't have any intention in teaching. I just wanted to know more and more and more. I was really greedy about, um, now I want to understand. I want to have more tools. And and I never... This has, hasn't left me. I mean, I'm always uh, really happy anytime I, I learn about a new uh, mantra or a new Kriya. A Kriya is a set of postures. And anytime I, I, I know about something new, I'm like, um, wow, it's amazing. I'm, I'm so happy with it. 
But I had a first phase where I can see now, looking back, that um, uh, I think that I was a bit addictive with it, um, that um, uh, the seeking for something uh, was still outside, even though I was practicing a lot of Kundalini Yoga, uh, because I was relying too much on the tool. Mm. Um, and I think it's interesting now that um, I can see that yoga... Uh, does not only happen on the mat or in the books or through the mantras that you're reading. Yoga is the state of being. And uh, actually just now I'm doing yoga with you. And it's not a question of uh, relying on the tool or like, you know, will I be a yoga teacher at one point? Or I'm just receiving the teachings all the time. It's just my state of being and the practice that I'm using now observing my emotions and my reactions and learning from them and trying to be uh, as um, compassionate with myself and with the others as possible is something that um, wasn't really at the beginning of my discovery. It was more like, you know, feed me, feed me, feed me, a bit like the relationship that I had with food before. Um, so, and, and I think it's kind of a normal to really build um, this relationship with the sacred tools or with the teachings is that even, even when it's going really fast, because it went really, really fast for me, um, there's still a, a time that is set perfectly for you when you get what you need to get. So, yeah. Yes. And, and, you know, it's uh, what you're saying is reminding me that really we can never escape our own state of consciousness and anything that we do proceeds from the state of consciousness that is dominating us. Right. And so you can have the most spiritual tools, the most spiritual opportunities, but if you are still predominantly in a state of consciousness that is lack oriented, you know, if, if you feel that you're missing something and you're compensating for something all of the time, uh, then you you will treat whatever it is that comes into your sphere with that state of consciousness is, is that which will you will navigate that situation or that practice with. And it was the same with me. I remember at one point it just I suddenly realized that my daily practice, my sadhana, every day, I just I suddenly got disgusted with myself, just fed up with myself because I realized all I'm doing with this daily practice is trying to get approval again from God. <laughs> I thought I'm in the same pattern yeah. that I've always been in. I realized it and it caused me to walk away from my practice for a period of time mm. and sort of radically make a break with yeah. this need for approval and only come back to my practice when it was just for me and for the observation of myself and simply being, being still with myself. And I started to then break through to another level in my own practice. Hmm. I, yeah, I, I totally understand. This has been um, happening for me, I would say, uh, um, a year and a half ago uh, that I observed myself uh, doing exactly what you have just described. Um, and um Anyway, at the, the, the bliss behind it is when you can see it. Because once you see it, you can never avoid it again. You know that it's, you know, that it's here. And so it's, um, uh, it's uh, a blessing to be able to see it. 
and not to stay in the unknown, uh, not knowing why you're behaving that way or another way. And um, this is uh, now enabling me to be more, even more honest. And um, uh, we were talking about beauty at the very beginning. And you see, um, for years, I did not dare going out without makeup on or um, without having my hair done or uh, my nails done or things like this. And I'm not saying that people should not do it because, I mean, women should be free to do whatever they want um, as long as they choose, uh, they, choose, they choose it and they don't feel obliged to wear makeup or whatever. But, um, and I love the idea of uh, using makeup as an ornament, as a ritual, like, you know, but having the freedom to be whoever I want to be and uh, not to, to, to seek attention or to seek validation or to seek love from outside because I would wear the right clothes or um, this freedom is so satisfying to be able to wear leggings and not care. And, uh, uh, and sometimes I, like my husband sees me in a dress and, and being all uh, pampered and he's like, wow, what's going on? <laughs> well, I'm still also that woman um, and, and I feel authorized to do whatever I want, but I don't need to because I don't care of, of what people will think about it. And this is uh, such a freedom. Yes. Well, and and again, it goes back to this idea that everything flows from consciousness, right? And I and, and uh, I I call to mind the fact that you have a very active social media presence, for example. And I remember you and I had a really interesting conversation one time at Le Martinet about social media. And because I was hesitating at that time, uh, I had some resistance to getting involved in social media with with the work that I do, and. Uh, you gave me a lot of really enlightening uh, information or a new perspective on the 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 use of social media and how the way you use social media flows from your consciousness as well. Would you elaborate on that a bit? Yes, of course. Um, I have nothing for or against uh, social media. They're just a tool. Um, and it's just like um, a sword. It's uh, as beautiful as it can be dangerous. But when it's just uh, put on the table, it's absolutely gorgeous, but you can actually uh, kill someone with it. Mm-hmm. But if it's just an object on the table, it's still just a tool. So social media are a tool of our era and uh, of, of the age of the now. And um, they can um, uh, double, multiply the communication that we have with other people, um, but we don't need to use them. Um If we're going to choose to use them, and this is my choice, um, I just think that we can, that our level of awareness should be very high and that we should feel really um, aware of what is the intention and especially what is the hidden intention. Sometimes I'm aware of my intentions, but sometimes uh, I'm not. And uh, even even though I practice a lot, sometimes I fail with this. And but then the universe always finds a way to tell me. <laughs> always. So let's take a, an example. Uh, with any picture that I put on 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 the media or any information, um, my intention is to serve um, 
is to serve the values that I have defined for myself. Values of generosity, of sense of humor, of um, how am I creating, um, um, well, taking part of creating a higher frequency. Um, So am I feeding the lack or I am feeding more love? Mm. And to be honest, sometimes it's not that easy to understand. Sometimes it's not like, you know, black or white. Um, So um, I think that our mission, you know, there's a lot of people who are really afraid with their mission. Like, you know, what is my soul mission? Oh my God, I don't have any mission and I don't know what that is. And I think that the mission for me is very easy. We were born with talents that are all unique. We all have unique talents And um, there's a combination. Sometimes we have talents in common with people, but the combination of talents that we have is unique. And uh, we are here to share those talents, whether it is with one people, three people, or a hundred thousand. It's not a problem. But the idea is that our mission is to share uh, with the rest of the world those, those talents. And once you do it, even with your kids, or even with your family, or with your friends, you are on your mission. Uh, For me, it's just as simple as this. So why would you be ashamed of using a tool that would enable the the people around you to know about your talents? Why would you be shameful about this? So I have no problem in sharing what I have as talents, but then like, you know, if if, um, you don't want to recognize your own talents, if you're ashamed of your own talents, if you think they're not good enough, if you compare them with other people that you think are more talented than you, then there's a lack. And that what you're going to communicate is the seek for outside love mm. that is not um, uh, tuned with your values. Yeah. So first you need to know what are your values and behind your values, there are your talents. For instance, mine is like generosity and, and humor is something are two values that are really, really strong. They've always been really strong. And I think that um, um, they've always been seen like this by other people. So uh, I can never communicate just being uh, sad and serious. I need to have a lot of sense of humor in the way I communicate. And I need to honor this because this is one of my talents. But I don't need to force it. I just need to be as honest as I am. Then, um, of course, people, um, they need to see pictures of you because they, they need to have an incarnation. We're in the 3D and we're not going to play that we're angels. We're not angels. We're humans. So it's okay to show pictures. Again, why should I be shameful um, about how I look? Um, and uh, if I want to use filters, if I want to play with this, like, you know, fine. As long as I am aware that I'm using those tools and that they're not me. So, um, so these are just, um, it's very subtle, but Mm -hmm. if you really look at what are your intentions, um, then you're fine. Something very interesting happened to me a while ago. Uh, I was sending a newsletter And newsletter is just like social networking. It's the same thing. You're sending to people who haven't asked for it. Well, they subscribed for it. They registered for your newsletter, but maybe they don't really want it that day. And you're sending it to them. You're sending another email in their mailbox. 
and they have to read it. And maybe they like you, but maybe you don't really know what was their intention when they registered for your newsletter. Mm. So um, I was really, uh, I was in a hurry. I had a lot of things to do and I wasn't really meditating when I sent that newsletter. Um, when I wrote it, I was like, okay, I need to promote my classes. Uh, I need to make sure that people know about the fact that I will not be here for like two weeks. And um, I wanted to give them also um, some um, food for thoughts uh, of things I had discovered. So my goal was to be generous, but also to give them uh, some information. And anyway, I reread uh, my, uh, my newsletter and I was pretty proud of me. I'm using the word proud because anytime I'm using the word proud, I know that I'm on a sliding slope um, that could lead me to shame. Because mm. pride and shame are, are really close to one another. Like it's the same two coins. I mean, it's, it's the right. same. Um, exactly. So anyway, I was kind of proud of myself. Like, you know, wow, I did very good. I managed to write it fast. I managed to do it. I'm sending it. Wow, it's fine. And then around uh, 9.30, I received an email from a woman uh, who was not anonymous. She sent me with her own email saying how um, disgusted she was with that newsletter. She was really the type of a hating person, you know, uh, uh, that would troll uh, your your feed in your Instagram. But mm -hmm. it was very uh, particular because uh, she was signing with her name and I could have answered her very easily. I mean, and she said um, that she was uh, uh, shocked with how stupid I was and how... Um, egocentric I was and and that it was uh it was not spirituality I it was like um uh cult dogma uh and uh, that it looked so stupid and of course it was just for um, people uh, as stupid as me blah 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 so it was very aggressive and um I thought hmm interesting and I swear I I didn't have any reaction I read it And it, but it's the first time that I got such a letter f like of pure hate, you know? Mm. Usually I get people who say, well, uh, thank you very much. <laughs> 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 love you, love and likes. And all of a sudden I had something like, you know, wow, you know, uh, that, that came as a blast. And so my technique that I do uh, all the time that I practice is um, closing my eyes, looking at what's going on in my body, Um, seeing is there any reactions in my body um, what's, is, is there a part of my body that is speaking mm -hmm. so I looked inside my body and there was something in my belly that was going on that I could not um, 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 ignore but I cannot say that I was really in shock as if it was an attack That was really uh, against me. So I could see that something was working, but it, I didn't feel concerned. I could see that she was, uh, her level of anger was uh, too high uh, for a newsletter. So it was more her problem than mine. But, uh, but then I thought, because of law of attraction, uh, you create your own reality. So I created that in my reality. So why was I receiving? What was the teaching behind this letter? So I had to look at the energy I put inside that newsletter. What was my goal? Mm. Actually, I was proud. 
So maybe I felt uh, I needed some validation. Mm. Maybe I was in the in the field of lack. Mm. Of um, you know, I need someone to tell me that I, what I'm doing is good, and I'm again the small child uh, looking for his teacher, saying, "You see, I did good. Can you please tell me and give me a good grade?" So mm. it's it's subtle, but it was here. And she heard it, and that made her really angry for reasons that have got nothing to do with me. And, of course, it's her story, and I'm not even interested in this because, um, I mean, I'm not mad at her, but I'm not going to write her back. It's, got, it's a different story. I'm just interested in my own feelings because I am responsible for what I feel. And so I thought, okay, this is a very good material. I'm receiving this. How can I explain it? And how can I be respon fully responsible for it? Like, you know? Yes. Well, and, and this, uh, is so, this is so valuable, Lily, because what you've just described is a process that we can all use no matter what happens to us, right? Things just are. Things are as they are. And we are responsible. We, and then there's no blame in that. You're not blaming anybody else and you're not blaming yourself either. It's just a, a tool for observing what is going on with me right now, noticing what you're noticing about your own state, right? And, and you were able to mine all of this amazing uh, uh, information from this... Uh, this unpleasant, you know, event that happened, but then it 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 turns out that it's really not that unpleasant because you you gained value from it, right? And so you could have easily said, "Oh, whatever," and dismissed that, and and said that the other person's crazy and just whatever, right? But you did the intelligent thing, and this is what we can all do, which is to tune in. How do I feel right now? What am I feeling? Tune into the body, and just open ourselves up to the guidance that we're receiving all of the time. And and I think that the first belief that I wrote was, this is not fair. I did good. Mm. So I, I do not des deserve, you know, for someone to write me like this. And we have this pattern that comes very easily, don't we? Uh, when we have a, a fight with someone, like, it's not fair. Like, you know, it's them. It's not me. Um, and I want this to be public. I want people to say that I, I did good and they did bad. Like, you know. And I thought it was very interesting because I wrote it immediately. Of course, I use a lot of writing uh, just to, 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 to write down, like, you know, immediately, what is the belief? And does this belief make me feel good in my body? Can I feel it? Is it giving me uh, a space inside? Is it, is it bringing me more freedom? Or is it um, um, blocking me in some way? Uh, if it's not making me feel good, then it's not aligned with the source. It's just as simple as this. And so I can release it. So I'm going to have to find uh, a, an affirmation that is positive. That could be a sort of um, antidote. How would you say antidote? Antidote, yes. Yeah. Um, so it was just like, I feel safe. I am enough. I don't need to prove anything to anyone. I am loved the way I am. I am. I am, you know, so, and, and I did this and I could feel that the feeling of, of um, peace and inner peace was growing again back and saying, okay, and I don't feel, um, I, I don't judge myself because I send that newsletter. I think that 
there was this intention that was hidden, but there were also a lot of good intentions with it. And I was not aware of it. So if there was no consciousness, uh, how could I be judgmental about myself? I cannot judge myself. I forgive myself because I wasn't aware of it. But now that I am, I can take another pattern next time I write a post and I'm just thinking. And and sometimes you're aware of it. You're aware that you're serving your ego and that's fine too. Mm -hmm. But at least you know. So you know you might get uh, some feedback that is going to be on a a very low level, but at, at least you're aware of it. And so in any sort of behaviors, you can never judge yourself (laughs) because you're always doing the best you can. So, Well, that is, uh, I think a wonderful note for us to, to close on. Uh, This has been such a beautiful uh, conversation and I've been aware of a strong energy of love and compassion uh, that has been emanating from you. And, uh, and, and clearly I'm responding to that. I feel almost emotional uh, and just so happy to uh, have had this time with you. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your, your authenticity, your experience with everyone who listens to the grace space, Lily. Thank you so much. I miss you, Claire. I can't wait for, for us to, to be together again and to teach together. And uh, it's such a, uh, it was such a pleasant time for me and, and also to be able to speak and, and to be listened to by, uh, by your, your followers. And so thank you very much for having me. Thank you, Lily. We'll talk soon. To learn more about Lily's classes, her books, and to enjoy her beautiful lifestyle blog, you can check out her website. The link is in the show notes. Thank you for joining me in the Grace Space, where you're always in the right place. If you love this podcast, I invite you to subscribe to it and submit a review if you feel called to do so. Also, be sure to sign up for my newsletter right here. I look forward to spending this time with you again next week. Meanwhile, I send you love and blessings. Bye for now.